back, everybody, to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. And I'm Brandon. And today we are covering some of the going-ons in the news. We're covering the current events, including the um, recent police shootings with Dante Wright um, and some others. We have some financial news with Dogecoin skyrocketing up to the moon. And we have a couple other news stories pertaining to previous um, shootings and previous uh, incidents that that we're going to touch base with. Zach, I think now is the perfect time, if any, to think back, at least within ourselves, think back on times where at least the police shooters, that's the focus, at least we're focused on this portion. Uh, think back on the things that you've had to say in your head, if you could say to the country who's currently feels, dealing with this. The last time we had something like this, it was on the scale that gave the riots that we saw and the, and the protests that we saw in the streets and internationally, one of the biggest yeah. uh, movements directly because of the police brutality. What new could you say to those having experiencing and seeing what we've recently seen, whether it be the 13-year-old who was shot mm-hmm. after having his hands up or Dante Wright? I don't know. I think we're at a pivotal point with all of this stuff where we're going to see whether the public sentiment shifts to completely divert away from this stuff or and the public attention or if it doubles down and and stays focused on it. Um, Me and you were talking a little bit before we started recording, but I think that with this stuff, oftentimes you see that people kind of taper out and, and the the energy fizzles out and things stop moving, the conversations stop. Yeah. I think we're at that point. I think we're at the point where people are starting to get fed up with protests. They're starting to get fed up with, with riots and looting and things. They're starting to get fed up with COVID. And so th- these more recent cases, whether it be Wright or, or Toledo, or whoever the other people, you know, I I think now it's to the point where depending on how it's handled, it may be falling on deaf ears. Um, So, yeah. And what would that, what what does that mean for a population that's been deaf to a majority? Like, I, I, like people are saying, oh, this is going to, so even let's reference exactly back to what we were talking about before. This happens in a, in a white home and six people in the house, six different perspectives. We go to sleep. We don't talk about it with dad. We don't talk about it with mom. You're not sure how your siblings feel. And that's it. And I think that level of, of, of cowardice is interesting, depending on all the realms of conversation that people have. They're quick to, especially in this day and age, they're quick to voice on almost every single topic ever. Everything, no matter how trivial And I'm going to say how trivial and there will be no understanding of a subject I'm talking about. But I'm just I'm just infuriated that black kids dying to take a take a press take a seat back. You know, and one thing that's taking another a couple seats back is this is the things with uh, with DACA and those kids in the uh, in in the um, the cages. cages. Yeah, they're getting like they're getting raped, like they're getting sexually molested and no one's. No one's doing anything. There is no type of urgency. I don't know what the average American perceives as being a citizen or being a brother, but I don't see any type of, like, America looks at China and has this concept of xenophobia. We're xenophobic to ourselves here. You know, that we we, we don't even want the same person to say the, the national anthem to each other. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure two opposing Americans can't stand and say the national anthem. I so that kind of gave me two thoughts. So the first one is just the utter complacency of people here um, that, you know, once you get into this rut and you have your life and you have your happiness, then you're kind of set. And then everything else just kind of, you you know, disappears. Um, That's come up. That's come up with a lot of stuff recently. And I don't want to tangent too far. So I'll make this point quick and come bring it back. But that's happened with a lot of stuff, right? Biden's still building portions of the wall. He's still not changing the... Um, Him bombing Syria so fast was very striking. I was like, oh, yeah, right. old America. I forgot. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of Trump-esque policies that are still in place or, or behaviors yeah. that are kind of, you know, status quo politician moves. And then people 
sort of don't care anymore. Whereas, yeah. you know, like you were talking about the kids in cages, right? I remember when Trump was the fascist Hitler character for even having one kid in this cage and then now it's back to norm, quote unquote normal. So I think this is no different, right? I think this is the same thing that everyone was all gung ho when, you know, when George Floyd happened and when this, this stuff was really starting to get rolling at the beginning of COVID. And now, you know, people are kind of fizzling out back into their lives and back into things. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, address them personally it doesn't affect them personally that gets into you know with chris cuomo he had his comments on it's shocking because who would have thought and listen if we were to if it is in say when he's saying nature to say the things that people are afraid to say but there's a level of responsibility that you must take in the field in which you must take to choose and when not to choose to say things that can infuriate or rile up another group. Chris Cuomo, uh, Siemens' <laughs> beloved uh, raging host, said, uh, I don't want to get this right, Zach. I think you remembered it saying, um, I forgot exactly what it was. I want to make sure I get it right. Chris Cuomo said, uh, the only thing to take people to take this seriously, white kids would have to die. Yeah, pretty much. You can't say that on a platform or even on Twitter. I mean, the president of the United States got banned off of Twitter for saying things like things like that. You can't, even though some may say that's when things to take seriously because you know the economic system in America may have been horrific, but until it started affecting middle class America, then it started to become a serious issue and COVID and X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but you can't say that. And if that's the point that we're getting to now, people are going to start taking things into their own hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I. The thing is, I also think you can let's take out the part of him being on CNN for a second, right? Him having that platform and him, you know, take out the context and just look at what he's saying and what he's doing. I I think you can say it in the purest sense of it, you know, taking the platform out. If, if it had more truth behind it, that my main problem with what he's saying, like, I get what he's saying in that, you know, if you're not as close to a situation, you can't empathize with it. You can't, you know, feel it as strongly and therefore you won't feel as passionately about reform or making changes and things like that. And all of that is is fair. Right. That's that's fine. What it makes it sound like, and and you touched on this this earlier, and it was a great great point about it sounding like him wanting to bait a race war, right. because the thing it, it focuses on is that you don't care because you're white, and because this was a black you know this was a black kid that got shot, and so mm-hmm. you're not going to care until a white kid gets shot, and people like you know. plenty of white people um, have had conversations for how long in the political sphere, in the media sphere, in whatever about police brutality, about these things. Now, is it, is it the, the number one story all the time? No. You know, is it the number one priority? No, but it makes it sound like the way he frames it, it makes it sound like it's just a non-issue for a lot of people because of their race and yeah i don't know it breeds a lot of animosity well my thing is not only does it breed well before we even get into the details of mm-hmm. uh, of what happened what are the overarching perspectives what was your overall thoughts on just the litany of of, of news articles that came at us uh, about the recent interactions between black and brown people and the police yeah yeah, and if you're listening to this in the archives later, uh, leave us a comment on YouTube, smash the like button and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. I've seen a lot of different perspectives on this stuff lately, um, and right specifically, um, you know, seen a lot of different takes going around. Now, what? Let me ask you a question, basic question. Mm-hmm. What color is this thing? <laughs> Black. Okay. What color is this thing? Uh, red and white. I think. Okay. Yeah. What color is this thing? Can you see it? No, it's not in the frame. Oh, <laughs> a little bit in the corner. White, yeah. red. Yeah. We'll go with we'll go with pink. Okay. Okay. Do you know your colors? I think so. Well, congratulations! <laughs> you are now a 26-year veteran on the police force. Because who the fuck doesn't know the difference between yellow and black? And it's funny, but someone's dead because this person was in training to naturally 
a situation happen where a visual stimulus incurred a natural reaction and a natural reaction is how I would justify anything for someone who's been working for something, anything for 26 years. If you know how to turn on the stove for 26 years, you're not looking after the eighth, 18th year. Right. right. So if you see someone and you naturally feel inclined to pull out something, right, you feel like this is right. You feel like this is a correct weight. There's there's muscle memory in it. So I'm giving you the passes of someone who's been in this for years. But if someone dies and you said it's a taser, that must mean one of that must mean to me at least one thing. That you felt as if you acted natural in a situation, your words conveyed the cogn- the cognitive steps that you needed to take because you're in training. Since training isn't natural, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If you're in training, it's once every once in a while. You have to be in your p's and q's. You vocalize what you're doing so those can learn. So you're vocalizing what you would want to do. You want to pull your taser out. You want to pull the yellow thing and say taser. And when you shot the black thing. It was a shock to her because they said she appeared shocked. Why would you appear shocked if you verbally said what you're going to fire? That must mean there's muscle memory involved. There's something natural about seeing a black and brown kid. Uh, a, it's, it's something natural seeing a black and brown kid trying to uh, deal with police and you naturally feeling inclined to pull a gun out. It's, that's what I, that's my perspective on it. Well, and, you know, you touched on the visual stimulus, but it's more than that, too. You know, you touched on a couple other ones, right? It's mm-hmm. They're weighted differently. They're on, I believe they have them on a different side of their body. Right, it's you know, on left their versus right. Hand. You know, there's all kinds of different things. Now, th- I think this is one portion where where it's really good, and, and we should talk about how these things are are fixed. And I think one reform area is putting as many different things. They already have a couple things, right? Obviously, it's a bright yellow taser. Obviously, it's way different than all that. No, no, no. You can't get any more obvious than something brightly colored and two different yeah. weights. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's 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 a weird situation, dude. It, it really is. Because, like, when you watch that, the body cam footage, I, I have a, a very hard time <laughs> believing that she is lying. I have a very hard time believing that she that she consciously chose the gun right I because agree. she knows it and then she you know used it and yelled taser taser I'm going to tase you as a as a ploy or anything because that's the only other alternative right is either she's completely incompetent the training failed her and failed you know right and and they she's just even after 26 years completely unable to make the right call or she's lying or she's completely just lying and did it intentionally. I don't well, see it being that. I don't, I don't think see that. It, no, I, you're right. I don't see it being the lying. I don't see it yeah. being you trying to play rabbit in some. No, I don't see it as being that. I think it's the way you said it where you just had absent amnesia of your work or you acted traditional to say, for instance, cops. Cops been on for 31 years, right? Mm-hmm. If you watch 15 years of cops, you'll know if you see a, a perpetrator of this many uh, characteristics, you'll pull this many weapons out. Yeah. If you've been in for 26 years, this is a natural thing for you to do. So you're just yeah. acting natural. It's natural for you to grab your gun and do this. So it's, I mean, I don't know what, there's not a, and they're like, I heard someone say that we need Maybe this means more funding. I'm not funding shit if you can't start with your colors, bro. Someone's yeah. dead. Someone's not living. When weeks, when someone says anything about systemic anything, people are like, what are you talking about? How can that even start? Easy. Have someone wrongfully kill someone who is a father in a impoverished neighborhood and try to allow that kid to have an equal say as those who the for those, for example, who shot the gun. Will that kid and that kid grow up to be this? No. Mm-hmm. And whatever trials and tribulations that that may that may lead the victim's kid uh, will not be could not be uh, the same uh, trigger points that lead that person down that same road. You know what I'm saying? And then those decisions make other decisions that impact other decisions. And then that's its own branch. That's one branch that could influence a whole community in 50 years. Yeah, well, and I mean, it's now is when this conversation needs to happen, right? Because if you look at the system itself, if you look at what is going on, the system actually handled this case as well as it can be expected to. I mean, she was she she resigned, but then she was charged with manslaughter. Um, you have to be. 
Yeah, but well, you would have to be, but I wouldn't be surprised if if you were to ask 100 people whether they thought any charges were going to be brought up. I'm sure that not a majority, but a good number of people would have been like, no, no, she's going to get off. No, nothing's going to happen to her. No, nothing. You know what I mean? Like well, the system's corrupt kind of stuff. But it, well, the system worked this time. It did It did what it was supposed to do. It just oh. didn't do what it was supposed to do beforehand in preparing this woman to actually handle her job as a cop. So, Zach, you tell me which system is which. You said the system worked, but the system didn't work. So which one yeah. results in the kid living? Which one Which one do we have to correct to make the kid live? The one that doesn't allow for the cop to go to jail? The one that doesn't teach the cop how to shoot a weapon? Yeah, I think this one is more clearly some kind of something related to training. Um, I think that it's not a matter of well, – so when I said system – was system working. Um, I was more talking about the criminal justice system, right? The criminal justice system in this case charged the person and, and has things that are, you know, processes are moving and Mm -hmm. things are happening as opposed to the, the case stalling and nothing happening or the cop just not getting charged or getting off because they're a cop, you know, so that quote unquote system is working but no the the training is not the training i think is the <laughs> the main thing where i'll say absolutely this this okay. shows that something needs to change i don't know what it what their training entails there so i well, don't want to say hope, I, what it, was it the same training for the officer that shot mike brown or is the same training for the guy who put his knee on george floyd or is it the same training right. for the person for sandra bland or is it the same training for there's a lot of training issues. Is is it seems to be the issue here? Well, there are. Yeah, I I do think though it's important to make a distinction because I see a lot of these. I I see a lot of these memes and these lists going around that list all of these people together. Right? Mm-hmm. They they say you know they'll they'll list you know so and so died doing this and so and so died doing this and this you know et cetera et cetera and mm-hmm. they'll list all of the high profile names from all of this stuff that that has been going on since forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when we're talking about whether or not the quote unquote system worked or the training worked or whatever, I think that's where we need to get more nuanced and look at these specifics, right? Cause like you said, is it the training, is it the kind of training that, um, Chauvin got or the kind of training that the officers in the Mike Brown case got when like, even, you know, even the, even the Obama DOJ ruled that the Mike Brown case was a, a I'm, I'm going to say this term, but I don't mean it was good, but it was a good shoot, right? It was, it was actually a justified shoot. It was, you know, not just wanton police brutality, but then you look at other cases that it's more. I mean, the, the kid, this name, Isaiah, the recently, I forgot where, was a 13 year old at night, had his hands up and then still getting shot. I don't understand. What does yeah. hand, what does having your hands up mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Adam Toledo, right? Yeah, I believe so. But uh, we actually got some comments uh, right. in the chat that said, did anyone check out uh, the brand, what brand of tater she used? I didn't specifically check the name, but I did see other people brought pictures of what she used. And it's a bright, you know, color me Elmo yellow toy. Like, that's what it looks like. It's, mm-hmm. it's bulkier. It's not the weight of a pistol. Okay. <laughs> um, someone says, someone look into the gun and have the same handle except for the tip. Oh, so I was saying some look like that. Right. Uh, I think they all issued it to also be yellow to avoid situations like this. Um, another comment we had jumped in and says, correct the cause. But Zach, when you said correct the when you see someone comments and correct the cause, what comes through your head? To me, it's address the issue where it's happening, not jumping onto other other aspects of this, right? It's, it's address the actual issue. Don't tangent into some other issue that is going to look like it's helping or, or sound like it's helping, but not actually doing anything. Right. So when, so when I see that correct, the cause the, you know, the, the number one thing I think of is, okay, let's take it back as many steps as possible, right? How, where could this have been prevented? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at his particular case, there's two different answers well there's multiple there's a ton of different answers right but is it that you know he should have never been pulled over in the first place well probably not because his tags were expired right and so there's 
we can have a conversation about whether or not we should have a registration and whether or not those things should be well, a some, thing. And someone, someone said to me, they said any penalty that's money related is a penalty for the poor. And yeah. I was like, interesting. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Well, so I mean, unless we unless we revoke that, which I'm on board, the libertarian in me is on board. But unless we unless we do that, that part's out, right? That solu- that quote unquote solution is out. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a matter of police intervening when someone resists or when someone you know has a warrant out for their arrest and and they need to apprehend him? No, I mean again, the answer isn't to say, well, just just let him go, just stop, just do do nothing. So to me, it comes down to the training, right? What do you do in that instance? What do you do? Well, what did she do? What she did she grab? So, okay, for someone to die, she grabbed the wrong weapon or said the wrong thing. So, yeah, right. Because because what is there's two different scenarios, right? If she pulled the correct weapon, right? If she pulled the correct weapon, would it have been okay? Um, I think so. Right. I think so. You know, would have gotten tased. Right. He was he was resisting. He was about to take off. Yeah, probably would have been completely justifiable. Yeah. Now, the alternative, what if she had said the right – what if she had said, I'm going to shoot, stop, or I shoot, st- freeze, or I shoot? We might have opportunity where someone could live. And that right. that level of – that decision, that choice in decision is what is, I would assume, comes with 26 years on the force. Right. Because even that, even that, I don't, and I don't want to say this is all obviously all hypothetical. So I don't want to say 100% certain or anything. I'm not, I'm not sure I would really, if I were to look at that, that situation broadly, just in its purest form, and, and look at an officer deciding that in this instance, I'm going to pull my gun and warn the warn the person that if they don't stop, I'm going to shoot. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, is that the right call? I don't know. But is it to me, it doesn't immediately sound like the wrong call. Yeah. It sounds like as long as you're saying the right weapon, right? As long as you're saying, stop, I'm going to shoot because he may very well have said now not to this doesn't justify it, but he may very well have thought, well, screw it. Fucking tase me, tase me and I'm out and I'm going, you know, whereas that may not have happened if it was Oh, this is going to be a bullet. Okay, I, I'm. I get that. We had uh, not too long ago, actually during the, I think it was in July, the heat of of the protests that were happening for George Floyd. We had on the two black cops. I would love to yeah. hear their perspective mm-hmm. on what ha- on the protocol. We got to get them on, um, right? And hear how they worded. We actually had a comment. Someone said people are going to start shooting back if the cops don't clean up their culture. I think there's a culture of, and you can, uh, listen, depending on the historian, you can go as far back as to why the police were created within the United States, or to look at it in a more modern perspective and say, what about this culture, about this police culture that seems to be a bit more aggressive when there's a young black kid on the opposite end of a bullet? What's because I don't see the same because people are saying it's because white kids are getting killed the same. Oh, oh, find me the same. Find me the same situations because on cops, I've seen cops. My dad used to watch cops relentlessly. I have never seen these things that we've seen on YouTube that right. we have done uh, that, that we've seen now. Not even, even speaking of training. Did you hear about the shooting in the hospital? It was one of the I, I don't work in that hospital. But it, was, you know, it was out here in Ohio. I think vaguely. I don't know too much about it, though. It was a shootout. This wasn't mm-hmm. racially biased one way or another. But there was a, an individual who was uh, who was not chained up to the to the gurney. And typically, you would be chained up to the bed if you are, uh, I guess, uh, a suspect. Yeah. Right. The guy, uh, I guess, they clean out his pockets. He leans over, and that's the co- cops are wrestling with him. And he un- he shoots. He has a gun in his pocket. And he shoots at the cops, right? First things first, the amount of uh, metal detectors in this, what protocol doesn't tell you to shoot, doesn't tell you to uh, to, to search someone? Mm-hmm. What protocol, What? Why, why are we having these lackadaisical officers who don't take their job seriously or don't take the profession seriously? For them to, and I think, well, he ended up, he ended up dying. 
because I saw the entire video of someone picking up his lifeless body, uh, slipping it onto the to the bed and wheeling him out. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it, protocol-wise, I don't know. There's no consistency. And I think someone mentioned in the episode before, how come there's no national code of conduct for the officers? Every off that there should not be a different, uh, differing uh, form of providing justice depending on where you're at. So that choking and that's what we, we touched on that too. Whether that it tends to repeat itself, Zach, is what I'm getting at. There's yeah. a lot more I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's something that, you know, until we come up with some actual solution, we're going to keep having these conversations. We're going to have to, you know, it's going to keep coming up because, again, people aren't. People aren't solving anything. I mean, look, you know, I know, I, I know it sounds cliche, but we're going, we go around in this cycle and it just goes back and forth and back and forth. And then there's, you know, a big outburst or riots or looting. And then that furthers the, the, I guess, sentiment that is held by some cops and some, some other people. And then there's instances of police brutality, and then that furthers the views that people have about cops. And then, you know, it just goes back and forth and gets worse and worse. You know, one thing, you know, you were talking about the the differential treatment of people by by cops, right, if you're black or white. Um, and I think, you know, there is there is some some data out there that shows at least with with ex- excessive force, right, right that, that 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 happens. And so how you know, I guess I'll turn it back to you and say, how do you think we solve that component if that component's there, right? Because, I mean, the, the realistically speaking, it's either reform or replace, right? And I think those are the two oh. sides that we've got right now is you've got the people that want to defund or abolish, and then you've got the other side that wants to just reform. And then the other side, the other third solution, I guess, is the so- societal or cultural solution right to kind of change who people are and how they act so that they are better but i don't know what do you what do you think so i'm gonna address those three in reverse the third one is impossible people who choose that are the most annoying people kind of like the same people who say i'm not racist i hate everyone people (laughs) who say that are either pussies or childish or they don't understand what actual hate is or they don't realize that there are people that people have biases you have biases i have biases you don't hate everyone you don't have i'm racist towards everyone i I don't like that nihilist perspective to something that's raw and in the culture Mm -hmm. um so that you can't change everyone black people have been asking people to stop saying the n-word so much you just say you know what let's just stop saying the r-word and since you guys did it we'll just kind of take that as a as a a w we don't know um because you can't say that word now but you can you rock out the n-word all day um the second way is you said it was you said to change the yeah like replace or reform at that I point i mean i'm on the side of replace i don't know i don't believe like what I, what can if how can i reform something that's been happening since before the iphone that's been happening since before obama that's been happening since before Police brutality is not a new thing, and officers across the board who are retired say, "Yo, the cra- horrific things have been happening. This has been documented." I mean, I don't even pick pick a branch. I don't believe that reform reform can do things in this country because it has and it has benefited and it has benefited other demographics. But even I will not sit here and believe that reform will stop people from doing something that seems almost correct to them. Since there's people in the country and in the comments that say what they did was correct. And said so, into your first point, I guess the first option was to what? I forgot. Uh well, it was reform or replace. Yes, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I I couldn't do the Yeah. I, I mean, reform, reformation, I mean, you can reform things, it works for other demographics, it won't work for something like this. So then, I mean, with that in mind, how much of it do you think is inherent in policing, and how much of it is inherent in hierarchy or, or power? Because, I mean, that's the thing, if we're going to replace this, are we going to be replacing it with, because I, so I'll preface this by saying I disagree. I'm on the side of reform right, instead right, of replace. Right. But so if we're going to replace it, 
are we going to just find that? Because this isn't specific to cops, right? You see that, you know, we talked about this with Dylan on the religion episode about the priests uh, molesting children. You know, priests do it. Teachers do it. Cops, you know, any. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Women have been raping the fuck out of children and no one is giving, no one gives a damn. They're like, oh, why did he snitch? Oh, he was getting teacher pussy. There's no way that could have been reversed and say, ooh, Cindy Lou, who's getting it from Mr. Michael? There's no way you can, there's no way you can deter that. But America is a very interesting relationship when it comes to pedophilia. But we'll get back to that. Yeah, that's a clip right there. What needs saying? <laughs> I just want to say for the record, I would really, really, really like to partake in that conversation. Thank you kindly. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely touch on this stuff more specifically. But you know, you you bring up a good point, right? That that the, these things are kind of natural and historically always occur when there's any kind of hierarchy, when there's any kind of now. If we're talking about the racial differences. I think obviously that's a more nuanced element of it than just power, right? But yeah. but you know, I th- I wonder when people talk about, you know, abolish the police, right? And and I've seen that I've seen abolish coming back up recently. I've seen before it was abolish, abolish, abolish. No, we don't actually mean abolish. We mean defund. We're just trying to get attention. Defund, 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 defund. And then people argued over what defund meant. Now I've started seeing abolish pop back up. And so I I, I just wonder what, and this isn't meant to put it entirely on you. And in fact, let no. us know in the comments. And we have a hand up from that very same lure. So, sir, with the hand down, you may now speak your mind. So there's a couple things throughout the conversation that I have, I, I have heard you all say that, and I'm just going to take it one by one. So uh, the first thing I want to say is, uh, which is I originally said, people are going to start cheating back if cops don't clean up their culture. So what I mean by that is um, um, there are not an insignificant amount of people, people you know, and I think it's, it's, it's um, more prominent in certain white communities uh, that are of the mindset, I would rather go to prison for the rest of my life than be dead. So if a cop is going to try and kill me, I'm going to shoot back. I've met people that believe that. And I think that certain communities in this country are going, are, are starting to lean in that direction as well. Maybe not, maybe they're minorities that I've talked to and hung out with in that, in those communities, but we'll have to see. The second bit I wanted to say was um, as far as like, like white people not having as great a reaction to um, police brutality is I want to kind of preface this with a story. I grew up in a place called St. Mary's County, Maryland. It is on the, I believe the East Eastern shore of Maryland, otherwise known as the white shore. And it is, it was a, it is a, it is a hick ass part of the country uh, of, of the state with, very, very problematic types of people. If you catch my drift, and when I was what in elementary, this is say when you say you got when I when I was in elementary school, they were racist, a lot of people were racist as hell. When I was in elementary school, and and this happened, I think like once or twice, like one like once a year, once every couple of years, a police officer would come in and talk to all the kids and 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 just say, "Hi, I'm a police officer." Um, if you're ever in trouble or you ever need help, look for someone, look for me or look for someone dressed like me if you need help and they'll help you. From a very early age, mm-hmm. cops have always been presented to like people, like y- white people from a young age as pr- like protectors and servants of the community. So when you see a lot of white people talking about, well, that first black person must have did something, it's because it is ingrained from childhood that the, that a cop doesn't do anything bad, like doesn't doesn't shoot people unless they have to, and I and that's a part of the reason why people who you would normally think are very reasonable, very liberal, very kind, very open and, and understanding human beings would have would, would say dumb shit like that. It's because from a ch- from our ch- from our childhood, cop like cops have been present not only from. Maybe my like my schools, but our parents also told us the same thing. Our grandparents. We were always told if you see a fireman, 
if you see a police officer, if you see an EMT, those are people that are safe. And if you need help, go to those people. And that is, a, and that is, and that is a big, in that kind of in early indoctrination is one of the big, big reasons why it's been so difficult getting the, the, a, a white class of a class of white people, you know, the suburban white to get on board with that, you know, cause, cause when you're broke, you know, you'd kind of have, you know, kind of have a different relation with the police and, you know, you see, you know, because of the internet and people having more of a platform now, you know, you're hearing more stories about all of these different things. Right. So, so I, I remember, I remember growing up hearing, yeah, at least in school and I, I guess I went to, I went to private school for kindergarten and first grade and a little bit of second grade. Uh, and I remember peace when I look at the alphabet. I remember peace standing for police, and then the teacher said how many different types of hats there are. It was the fire hat and the police hat, and I didn't have any grievances. Or my father was a, was a correction officer. There's many arguments that my father and I have had about things that have happened that now he can't hold a candlestick to. He said, "Brandon, when you when things happen, I want you to." Turn your turn your car off. Put your hands on the shutter. No, no, because that guy died a couple times ago. Because it, it's it's the difference is in in communities in the news where black people are nowhere near close to half the majority show up on every news reel. It just so happens that there's going to be a developed bias against those who they see as the enemy. That's what security number. Well, and I don't I, I wanted to jump in, too, and say that I think that I, I agree, Brandon, with what you're saying with with the bias formation. I don't think it's I don't think it's a racial thing inherently. I think, you know, like what you were saying about about your upbringing, Brandon. But there's also like, you know, there was a Gallup poll not too long ago where 81 percent of black Americans said that they wanted either the same police presence or more in their neighborhood. Right. And so I think that even with with non-white Americans, you know, there is still this this notion that at least on some level police are still meant to pr protect and serve otherwise why would you want more of them or why would you want the same amount of them well, you and then on the on the converse with white people i've also like don't get me wrong i've met plenty of white people that fit the the description of of what you were bringing up but i've also met plenty of people who were you know dirt broke that had you know police brutalize them or brutalize someone that they knew or, you know, who dis one of our listeners brought it up uh, in a comment. Um, I don't remember when it was one of our previous episodes where they said they were interact. This was a white listener where they were interacting with a cop and their whole mindset, their whole body language, everything changed when it came up where they lived, mm -hmm. because when it came up where they lived, it was, Oh, this person's not broke. This person's not poor. This person is middle-class or whatever. So I think it's more a socioeconomic status thing. I, don't, Abs I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I get that obviously, you know, there's, there's the correlations there. Right? right. And so people will say that a lot of that is inseparable and because of different systemic aspects of, of policing throughout its history, you know, whatever that there's an argument that people will put together to make it about race. I think it really boils down to income level and, and poverty level though, to, if be, it, to be honest. It, I, do, and, and I would have to. I would agree, Zach. That it, it, if it, in regards to it, it. I agree with the sentence. It may not be about race. It may be about socioeconomic status. If that was the case, I would love to see a lot more people in these socioeconomic areas dying by the same by the same causes by the, at the same frequency at the same rate. The liberals, you know, because somebody said the biggest, and Mr. Mann in the comments said, the biggest proponents of ACAB to fund abolish means are white leftists in academia. I do, I, I do want to touch on that point and say this. The liberals trying to ban guns are not the same liberals trying to defund the police. Mm. Well, that's good. Those two don't really add up. You let, here, they don't, because here's the thing. You... Don't see any reason for anybody to own guns if you live in a neighborhood and have a job and have a, a lifestyle where you've never had to worry about anything. Not your safety, not your financial security, not your emotional safety, nothing. You're like, why should people own guns? Life's great. I live in an area that doesn't have any crime whatsoever. I live in the suburbs. And, and then people who are 
who who are trying to um defund or abolish or believe or or think or like fuck 12 and all that is um they live in air they will they some sometimes will live in areas or have had experiences where dealing with cops that treat them differently regardless really because of their socioeconomic status or they associate their skin color with socioeconomic status mm-hmm. and they and, and sometimes they even have to use those weapons to defend themselves mm-hmm. in their in the areas they live in they don't mm-hmm. think you should take away guns because how that because how the hell am I supposed to defend myself? There's no uh, way in America you can take away a gun. I no, actually there's an actually I've fantastic there's a fantastic video from by a guy named Bo of the Fifth Column, and he's basically said that like that you know he anal when you analyze like how Britain got rid of their guns and Australia got rid of rare, their guns, they probably had about four or five million guns total in their country for personal consumption. So mm-hmm. in countries of about. 20 million or, or 10 million respectively in America, there are three over 300 million people living here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there, we just there is 400 million guns. Too. There is at oh. least, there is at least the same amount of guns in America as there is people. And it's held yeah. by a third of the population. Now, which third is that? I feel like I would love to know the demographics of them and have someone like Edward Snowden keep a it's, good it's, eye. I, you have people. You have some people in the suburbs. You have people in the urban areas, but it's primarily the, 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 the people. Here's the people they're not the, they're not worried about if they're trying to take guns away from people. You know, they're not worried about the people who will just you know just not turn them in. You just say right. they got rid of them, but then still have them. What they're worried about are the violent ones, and the violent ones are primarily in areas that can be best described with the sound. But I digress. Those, you know, those those are the people. Like, if the ATF hit forty thousand houses a year, households a year, and took and took away the guns from forty thousand households every year, with the efficiency needed to do to raid and get the information and do everything for forty thousand houses a year, it would take a century or more to get all the guns in America. Making gun ownership illegal in this country is not feasible. Not feasible. I, it is uh, not it is not, not a feasible it is a it is a pipe dream of suburban mm-hmm. liberals living from their living in their ivory tower. What you can what you have to do and what people don't like to talk about is the disgusting culture around guns and the way people interact with sure. the firearms. And, and 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 to bring it back to the main topics um get rid of of the stigma around people of color owning firearms. It's definitely a, something that America would have to swallow and once we get over that we'll come right back to this cuz it just it tends to, it, it, we'll yeah. just come right back to this Zach. I don't find I don't we're, we we come to this to create to find the answers cuz we can only find the answers through conversations mm-hmm. but if we're trying to tackle things that are bigger than a one to one basis there's no it doesn't hurt to try but it's not helping but there's more on the docket and specifically within the finance so in regards to whether it be and listen closely, Ethereum, Classic, uh, Bitcoin, Cash, Dot, Dogecoin, Coinbase. Um, have you any off the top of your head that rolls up? Clove is doing very well. Oh, if anyone seen. has been keeping up, uh, Dogecoin. This originally this this uh, meme level uh, cryptocurrency has now been taken. It now has a billions of in 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 um in its in evaluation uh last time we spoke uh at least we mentioned dogecoin i think it was around five cents and it's reached upwards of 38 41 cents yeah. if you and it, to the moon many would say to the moon um would you say that you've seen this increase tell me your your dogecoin uh experiences yeah yeah, drop your favorite uh, cryptocurrencies in the comments. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Listening here, listening on YouTube, let us know what you're keeping an eye on, what you're yeah. investing in. But uh, but yeah, no, Dogecoin has been a a ride <laughs> for sure. Um, I so I bought in probably around I don't know what was it at. I well, I bought a little bit at sub one cent, but only a very, very little bit. And then I bought a little bit more around the three to five cent range or so. Um, so my cost is probably somewhere around six to six ish cents. I don't know, something like that. Um, so yeah, so I mean, watching it now, 
it's been interesting, right? Because it's it, it's different than watching Bitcoin, than watching Ethereum, than yeah. you know watching some of these other ones. It's there's much more of a I guess I don't know. I mean, it kind of, it comes with it starting as a joke, right? It's starting well, as a meme. You know, it's just kind of you're supporting it. I mean, in part to make money. Don't get me wrong. Like, I want to make a bunch of money off my Dogecoin, but it's less for the prescribed functionality of it, right? Like, oh, it's yeah. not. I don't think Dogecoin is going to become our new standard currency or and anything. And I don't care like that. if I do or don't. In my head, it, the money will always be there, whether you die, live, it's going to be there. So it's kind of like a long right. game. Let's see if you win. Yeah. So I don't know. It's been exciting. I'm I'm holding mine for right now. Uh, I'm going to keep I've got almost 5000. I've got 4995 because oh. five didn't buy when I put my order in. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's going it, to people have been skeptical about it. And for good reason. I mean, it's a joke. It's a meme. Cryptocurrency. There's people it, who start up their account with yeah. 400000 and by improperly leveraging their accounts right. have now made millions. They're on the one point something million because of mm -hmm. uh, Dogecoin. But I, right. I wanted to address some of the stuff that jumped in the comments. Yeah. There's nothing but going to the moon. Boom, boom. Um, but I did see one that said I bought at $0.03 cents and sold around $0.37. Cents. Now, I wanted to bring and I kind of did a little bit of uh publicity for the for this episode and reasons for people to come to this one uh strictly because coinbase went public so i'm not sure about you zach mm -hmm. but i've had interactions with coinbase for at least five years i knew of coinbase i've i think there's somewhere stored like 500 bitcoins somewhere in coinbase years ago um i'm not gonna try to look for it i don't feel like that guy who lost millions um but coinbase does not have Dogecoin. Dogecoin is making noise in the crypto world. Once Dogecoin comes onto Coinbase, which is listed, at, I forgot how much billion it, is. it started out like at three hundred some dollars on the market. So once Coinbase gets as to the accessible the accessibility level of no, once Dogecoin comes to the level of accessibility as to uh, Coinbase, it will. I can see it hitting a dollar. If anybody that jumped in at three cents and didn't sell at thirty-seven cents could possibly make off something disrespectful. But if you're still early enough to jump in, like just imagine in a year, Dogecoin's at a dollar. Who cares is at a dollar? Well, I think the people who were there when it was below a cent, or those who are in either. Uh, BTT or oh, what's the other one that uh, other people are talking about? It's called is it Safe Moon? Have you heard of Safe Moon? No. Ah, I will leave that to any one of those who come to come back to this episode or hear what we're saying now <coughs> uh, in regards to looking up Safe Moon. It is sub ascent, but it's making ripples in the financial world. I'll let you guys. Uh, look into that for I am not the financial say when you're saying hats right now. <clears throat> Zach, how's COVID going? I'm playing. <laughs> well, speaking, um, of, speaking of that, have you heard? I'm sure you've heard about the Johnson and Johnson stuff. Yeah. Do you think yeah. Amer do you think Americans will eventually get to a 85% vaccine level? So for thing what what's your prediction of getting back to normal with the Johnson and Johnson being at 66% successful, then taking it off, then 97%, then now causing clotting? No. And then the CDC coming out saying this will be every six-month thing or every year thing indefinitely. Where do we see this pandemic? Are we coming back to where we once were? And shit, or is it just this is the new world, this is the new normal? Um, I don't know. I So I'll preface this by saying that I'm hopeful because I know what I'm about to say probably sounds like I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we're going to hit 85%. I don't think we're not going to hit. We're, I don't think you'll ever hit 85% of the population that gets their COVID vaccine ever. Um, there's just too much skepticism. There's too much, um, you know, you tack on to normal anti-vax sentiment, the COVID specific sentiments and stuff. That said, I don't think, I know that's usually the benchmark, you know, for herd immunity is somewhere around that range. Mm -hmm. I, I think that there's enough evidence out right now that 
you know, there's still going to be risk with the variants and things like that. But, you know, between the T cell immunity that people were figuring out early on and at this point, the people who have had it and the evidence that seems to show that people aren't getting it again, that seem, you know, not not everyone, but you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of people not getting it again. I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that even though we won't reach quote unquote herd immunity just through vaccinations, I'm I'm hopeful that even with that, we'll definitely, you know, we'll definitely reach a point where we can go back to quote unquote normal um, on some level. I, I'll tell you, like, you know, I I know that people I know that there's still concern, obviously, I know that there's still variants and there's you know the potential for mutations if we don't get people vaccinated quickly yeah. and you know well, that's already happening yeah. there's there's six out there there's right. a pain there's a knowledgeable level of pain out there shout out to yes 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 those who got that yes yeah but that said human beings are only capable of so much human beings uh -huh. are only capable of taking so much like we've been locked up for a long time for people to just not go back to normal on any level people aren't going to be willing to keep this up for another what year two years Listen, right it's I just not gonna see, happen i can't see another season because right now i've seen people go to mexico and puerto rico and jamaica i'm in pain i'm supposed to be six trips in there should not mm. be enough money for me to invest in the market why am i <laughs> doing that i need to be in aruba this is I'm tired of it, and I want to travel somewhere hot, yeah. and I don't want to go to Texas because I'm scared. But we didn't miss something <laughs> in the chat. This oh, is, we did. Why can Doge not be used as a uh, usable currency? It does basically what Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum does, and Tesla is working on use people using Dogecoin uh, to buy Tesla. However, you understand how many millions of Dogecoins you would have to have to buy. Yeah the wheel of a tesla so I, when it comes to when it gets to the dollar three dollar or anything close to bitcoin hundreds of thousands of dollars i'm 100 sure that doge uh dogecoin will do that and more i think the idea of a, and this is coming up now well, all these ideas come up now um the idea of a common currency or a respected individual currency will no longer be the future. We're almost going to go back, in my convoluted perspective, to how, I guess, the Silk Road was financially transacted. As in, in one part of, of Asia, it would not be the same quality of salt that would barter for this yam or for this goat. It would be these uh, beads or these uh, text, uh, textiles. Like I'm saying, you could have a doge. You can go to one store, pay for doge, and then use a dollar here, and then use a, a Ethereum here. Mm -hmm. Because it's all money, I think money will be the currency. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple differences between Doge and those other ones that kind of makes it a little bit different. So the mm -hmm. the way that I've heard Bitcoin and Ethereum described that I really liked um, um, is that Bitcoin is more the digital gold equivalent, whereas Ethereum is more digital money and digital, you know, whatever. Huh. And so, and that's not perfect, right? That's not great but it's a good at least starting point so looking at bitcoin at least there is a there is a cap on how many bitcoin can exist ever really and yeah so it's i want to say 21 million why is that um, why oh that's the gold version uh no so that's just bitcoin so bitcoin has a cap there's a, only a certain number of let's see how many why? bitcoin are there is um, the creator still alive yeah, well, presumably, yeah. So so there's a, a set number of Bitcoin, and yes, it's 21 million. So basically, after all of those are mined, it can still continue, right? People can still transact it. People can still do whatever with it. And they're, you know, lessening the rate at which it gets mined so that it drags out for a long time. But look at it like gold, right? Once we mine all the gold in the world. That's it. That's it, right? I mean, yeah, other than some forming over, you know, how many years, that's it. And so with Bitcoin, there's that, but there's also just the massive support behind it. Yeah. But then with Ethereum, right, there's a lot more, 
I guess. I don't know. And I'm not the expert, so I don't really know. We'll bring one on! <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot more functionality behind Ethereum that Dogecoin and, and Bitcoin. Dogecoin and Bitcoin kind of more serve just as a source, like a, as a place to hold your, your value, a store of value, a store of capital. But Ethereum, right, people will generate new tokens, new new games, new, you know, protocols, new whatever on Ethereum networks. So where I don't know enough about Dogecoin to, to know whether or not it has any of those those functionalities or anything. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it, that said, it's the same as Bitcoin, right? If enough people believe in it, it will work, it will take off and it will still be usable as currency. Um, I think crypto is definitely like you said, Brandon, it's not all going to be one crypto right away, at least, you know, it'll be, you know, we accept Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum and Dogecoin pay and whatever, you know, and then over time, it'll kind of fizzle out into a couple probably. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm excited to see where crypto goes. I know that it's still <clears throat> a little risky. It's still a little bit you know, up in the air, but Dogecoin is an exciting ride, at least. I mean, not even that. I just see it as, um, yeah, I lost my, I lost my train of thought. But I definitely see it as, oh no, I feel this current, this, this is the moment, the time we're in now, right? We're currently living in the good old times. Like people are gonna look back at this time and yeah. say that was the pioneer. Those were, that was the pioneers of understanding crypto. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those were, those were when. Um, I don't know, like the how we look at the Rockefeller era is how yeah. people in the future will look at the beginning of Doge and the beginning of all these other yeah. things. Sure, and we're not even the beginning right now. We're like the early adapters, maybe right, the people yeah. who are getting on early, but not not even at the ground level, right? They're all they're all filthy rich. <laughs> I mean, you could I mean you could even look at what we have now and where it can go because there's there's millionaires off of Bitcoin now. There's yeah. People who are similar to the similar to the Medici's that are living now. This is just the beginning of the now that create the, the millionaires of now. A mm-hmm. hundred years from now, I mean, the, I, I don't know what year the dollar came out, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. That said, we could go on for hours about crypto and everything else we've been talking about. Brandon, what are your Parting thoughts on anything we've talked about, whether it's, you know, the the shootings or police interactions or gun control or crypto, you know, whatever closing thoughts for the episode. Um, there's a level of hypocrisy for those who laugh with me and not for those who cry with me. There's not. I, I, I don't I don't like the, the the fake sympathy I don't like the the um, the ice the ice bucket challenges of black uh, death I don't like those who do it for the click or the like or to increase their own personal self morality worth people are there's death happening a finger needs to be pointed and those who can't point the finger aren't but are vocal about any other finger that's pointed I'm disgusted by it but I can't be too disgusted living in the society that I'm living in now. So there's only so much I can do or say, uh, even with the platform we have. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. We just it's it's if I was thinking about it today. Say for instance, if someone did an Edo Tensei and woke up those who were uh, those who are African American from every decade. You know, they'll all we'll we'll cry the same tear. Pick a year all the way back. You know, it's it's there's not a change, and I want to expect the change. I, I see all these other groups benefiting, um, and I don't see ours getting better. Um, with that's for that point, um, everyone invests in Dogecoin. I know who am I? We don't know anything. We don't listen. I take a risk. Yeah. It's not even listen. If you're gonna waste a dollar, if shipping, if you were gonna order something on Amazon and the shipping costs six dollars versus Prime. Let's pretend you went with a six dollar one and put it into Dogecoin. Just keep like three. I just I don't care. Skip the trip to Taco there. Bell and get ten bucks of Dogecoin instead. Listen, hey, listen, <laughs> it's there. We're we're yeah. we're trying to we're always going to try to keep up with the say when you sing, and uh, just stay tuned because it it there's so much to say, and we only can say as much as you guys are willing to hear. So don't forget to come in and comment in and give us give us your perspectives on everything. Yeah. 
for sure. Before we close, I want to jump on one last point that you had brought up. Um, I so I agree. I think that we we want to have some kind of change, right? We want to. That's why we're here. That's why we're having these conversations. Is that's how this starts. Um, you know, as far as people pointing the fingers, as far as people being willing to actually, you know, put their money where their mouth is, or put their action or their effort where their mouth is. I we're going to have to do a separate episode on this because we don't have the time, but we're looking at Black Lives Matter. Like Black Lives Matter is the oh. worst at that. The worst. Oh, like, man. We got to have a long. whole episode. We, uh, yeah. we got to have a whole hour just on that because I am. I don't even. You're right. I don't even. Yeah. I'm not even going to go. Some, there. Listen, from from a 1990s uh, business meeting, I need a smoke break. Zach, people <laughs> who are listening, I'm out of here. Always, always amazing work with you, Zach. Yeah, everyone take care. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. So we're on Facebook at Say What Needs Saying, Instagram at Say What Needs Saying, Twitter is Say What Needs. Um, We're getting a website up and running. We should have that in the next couple weeks. In the meantime, check us out on YouTube and give our videos a couple listens and a couple likes. We are hoping to start, you know, bringing people to a central location and hopefully the website will will serve for that. So in the meantime, take care, keep having these conversations and we'll see you all next time.